Welcome into Flippin' Bats. The MLB awards are done. They are out. We're going to go over all of them. MVPs, Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Year, Managers of the Year. It all came out over the course of the week. There were some great stories involved with them, some really cute puppies involved in them as well. This episode is going to be a lot of fun. So let's get to it. What is up, my friends? Welcome on in. It is Friday, which means all of the awards are done. They are out. There, are, the majority of them, I think, went as planned. Um, but a lot of a lot of storylines involved with them as well, including how many were unanimous. There were. It was a lot. It was a really good week for baseball. And now, after this episode, we can shift all of our focus to free agency and everything that's to come there. But Alex, it was a. It was a fun week keeping up with everything. It was a really fun week. I mean, again, a lot of the focus during free agency is going to be on Shohei Otani, who yeah. won his second unanimous MVP, which we'll get to in a second. But before we get to any of that, I think we first need to acknowledge the fact it is the offseason, obviously. Yeah. The beard. <laughs> I love it. Is it going to is it it's is this a, a thing? Um, is it going to be a thing we're going to continue to yeah, do here? Yeah, I, I think we're going to yeah, zoom on in here. This he's is proud an season beer. Honestly, I think he's proud of it cuz I, I don't think you thought that you could grow it I've this. I never this thought strong. that I could grow any facial hair. This is really the longest and and most I've ever tried to do it. Uh yeah, it's going to be an off-season thing. Are we going to go full bum, bum rug? Are we going to go hair. full bum rug? What's a bum rug? Where it's like all the way down to here beard. You're just going to keep it going? Why well, my head went something with a butt. <laughs> No, um, no, no, no. No, this is going to get grown out, and then this is going to be, like, trimmed, and I don't know. I, oh. I'm just going for it. I okay. don't know. It's the offseason. Why All not? All right, that's fine. You know who else is going for it? The Oakland A's. I, I guess. Yeah, officially, they got voted through. They are moving to Las Vegas, and this is a sad day for Oakland fans. Baseball like, fans. Extremely sad day because you know they're still gonna have to play at least a year in oakland but they're officially going to vegas yeah it's a it's a bad day for all baseball fans to be honest um i will eventually be excited and wonder and and be excited about baseball in vegas and how that's gonna go but for right now i'm just pissed i i'm frustrated for oakland fans i'm pissed off at john fisher who oh yeah um by the way was quoted saying today is an incredibly difficult day for oakland A's fans it's a great day for las vegas and also said something along the lines of well for everybody it's been hard on them it's been even harder on me mm -mm. let's just john fisher is a is a billionaire oh. uh, who has basically sabotaged the entire situation to move the team to vegas uh, it, it just, it does. It sucks, to be honest with you. I feel really bad for Oakland fans. They are a, they are such a good fan base, and I will forever say this, one of, if not the loudest postseason atmosphere that I have ever been a part of is in Oakland years ago, and I just, I, I, I do. I feel for them. This isn't a good situation. If anybody thinks for one second this team is going to go to Vegas and all of a sudden they're going to be this juggernaut, well, it starts with the owner, John Fisher. And since he's taken over the team for over a decade, you can look at where they rank in terms of payroll. And every single year is under half. 
and the majority of them are somewhere ranked between 25 and 30 in overall payroll in Major League Baseball. So if you think this guy is just going to move his team to Vegas and all of a sudden start shelling out the money because he wants to win baseball games, you're wrong. The guy doesn't want to win baseball games. He wants to put more money in his pocket, and he doesn't care who he pisses off in the meantime. So it's a frustrating process altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, I really do feel for Oakland fans, and uh, I, I'm just... It was a tough day, obviously, for Oakland fans. And I, I think for fans of the game of baseball, I didn't want this move to happen this way. It feels like John Fisher's getting his way and manipulated the situation and got to where he is now. He is. And I just, I don't like that. No, I was with my Uncle Jim, who we've had on the show. Love Uncle Jim. Yeah, big Oakland fan. He's been a season ticket holder for decades. And I was with him in Napa earlier this week, and we were talking about it and really just how much he was hoping it wasn't going to happen. So when it, the vote went through unanimously yesterday... I got all the calls. I talked to him on my drive-in this morning. And John Fisher sent an email to all the season ticket holders yesterday, right when the news went through. What is that? Similar to what this said. I'll just read you the first paragraph. Oh, God. I know that today is a very difficult day with the vote by the MLB owners allowing the A's relocation from Oakland to Las Vegas. I share a lot of those emotions. Sadness that our team will be leaving its home since 1968 but pride in what we have accomplished together on and off the field in Oakland, but also hope and optimism for the future of the A's in Las Vegas. And as an Oakland season ticket holder for decades, my uncle immediately, Uncle Jim, went unfollow, new team, yeah. and now he's in the market to, to find a new team. And the emails already went out yesterday for all the groups that were trying to do the boycott the A's games. Yeah. They're already starting now. They want to boycott, like, the whole next season. They don't want anybody... Oh, in the they, Coliseum, they it's, I mean. it's going to be brutal. I, I, I feel bad for the players that are on that team because it, that's going to be a really difficult time to be a professional well, baseball player. That's going to be a whole another story here. We're going to look back because they're not playing in their new stadium until 2028. Yeah. So we now have three full seasons to navigate this. Next season um, is, I think, most likely going to be in the Coliseum, but going forward all over the place as of right now it could be the triple a ballpark in vegas it it might also not could be just that one it could be a mixture of the triple a ballpark in vegas oracle the giant stadium yep. the coliseum perhaps so you have this team that one this is I, I went through all of this yesterday one it's like man how is anybody going to want to sign to play there who is going to no want to be a free agent to go there and then my mind goes to they didn't give a shit about free agents anyway. They weren't no. signing up for the last few years anyway. So that's just going to continue more so. It's going to be a nightmare of a situation. I One year in the minor leagues, I was playing in Lakeland, and they were doing the full renovation of, it's called Tiger Town. They were doing the full renovation. So during the season, we were actually playing off-site okay. at Florida Southern's field, like a few minutes down the street. But our locker room stayed in Lakeland. No. So we had to get dressed there. <laughs> it was like a college, like you get dressed yeah. at the hotel. We got dressed there, bus to the stadium, and it was a nightmare. So this is just going to be a version of that on steroids at three different stadiums. You don't have a home site. I do think we're going to look back on this situation. It's going to be 2028. And I do think by that point, when they first get to Vegas, that's when they're going to try and put a competitive product in the field. Mm -hmm. but we're going to look back from 2020. One, 2020, 2021 to 2027 and think this was the worst stretch for a Major League Baseball team in history. How are they supposed to win games? Who's going to sign there? No one. Who's, there's not going to be fans in the stands. They're not going to no. be players. You're going to be ha you're going to have a minuscule payroll. Yep. They, they might just John Fisher might just say, no, nah, we're not going to put 25 guys on a field, 26 guys on a roster for three years. 
just so he doesn't have to pay anybody. Like, this is, it's going to be awful. It is awful. He is awful. Yeah. And so, I, again, I, I feel sad for Oakland fans, the Oakland players, for as long as this goes on. But it's time for us to move on from this at the moment because this was a very happy, exciting week in Major League Baseball. Award season has officially ended, and we got history this week. We got so much history. And let's start with the MVPs because it's the first time ever that both the American League and the National League MVP were voted in unanimously. So let's start with the American League. Shohei Otani winning now his second unanimous MVP. What a stud. That's right. I'm rocking his jersey, Alex, the Shohei Otani jersey. Another unanimous MVP award for Shohei Otani. Second of his career that he's done it unanimously. This was, without a doubt, it was going to be the greatest season that we have yeah. ever seen. Missed 25 games at the end of the year, so that changed a little bit. You can't quite call it that. But this was one of the greatest seasons that we have ever seen. And Shohei absolutely deserves this award. He, When he, uh, when the announcement was made, he was there with his dog, uh, I which was, was like, just yeah, the that's cutest the way to my video heart. of all time. But all 30 first-place votes going to Shohei Otani. Uh, Corey Seager came in second. Marcus Simeon came in third. But look, let's talk Shohei. Yeah. What he did this year as a pitcher was, was dominant in its own right. And it wasn't even as dominant as he was on the hitting side. But you can talk about his offense. 304 batting average, 44 homers, a 1.066 OPS. A 3.14 ERA on the mound, 167 strikeouts. This was a, a season that it almost didn't feel like was... Three years ago, you would have said a season like this can never exist. Well, in 2021, he showed that it can exist, and this year he won up that 2021 season. He just wasn't able to play the full year, unfortunately, to see what those final numbers could have been. But, but we could be talking and probably would have been talking about 200 strikeouts 50 homers, an OPS over 1,000, a batting average over 300. He ended up with a B war of, of, of 10. He had a double-digit war this season. That is unbelievable. So I, I just, I, I continue to watch him in awe and, and realize, and I hope everybody realizes that what we are watching is the greatest, most talented baseball player to ever exist. And I feel fortunate and I hope everybody does, to get to watch him while we're alive. Like, yeah. that, that's, that's real talk here. Like, mm -hmm. we are watching a player that in 100 years, in 200 years, will be looked back upon like this mythical... Unicorn. Unicorn. Unicorns do exist. Almost like we Shohei do Otani. now with, with Babe Ruth. Like, there's movies about him. There's these, this, like, mythical figure mm -hmm. almost that... Is he actually real? Is it a fictional guy? That's what Shohei is going to be. That's what it feels like now. <laughs> and right now, he's the first ever player to win two MVP awards unanimously. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I can't say enough about the season he just had this year. It was an honor to get to watch him play. It's been an honor to, um, to, to be a fan of his and have him play right down the road where I can go. And who knows what the future holds. He could be right down the road in a different direction yep. here soon. But... Uh, what a season, what a year, what a, what a career he's having. If his career, God forbid, ended right now, he's a Hall of Famer. And um, that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy to say because you'd have to change the rules to, 
to get him in right now. But he's changed you the do. game forever, which is what he wanted, Alex. He wanted to change the game forever. Mm -hmm. When we sat down last year and, and talked about his goals, sat down for searching for Shohei and asked him, what are your goals? He had already won a unanimous MVP. Yeah. And I thought he was going to go in the direction of, of accolades or on the field or, or something. And he went with the goal of, I, I want to grow this game. I want people to not only know my name that, that know baseball, I want this sport to grow to a point where people know my name outside of baseball, and then it gravitates them to baseball, and their love makes them a fan of baseball. And we saw this with the 60,000 gloves uh, just last week mm -hmm. or, or earlier this week. Uh, he wants to grow the sport, and I, I just think what he's done has not only transcended the game of baseball, but it's transcended um, fan fandom of the entire sport. It's transcended sports, and I uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, his long-term goal, we're already seeing that coming to fruition for him. But the next short-term goal for him is winning, because it's crazy to think, in all of his success, he has yet to win a playoff game. He has yet to play, yet to play in, in a playoff game, which is crazy, because the Angels have had... Five MVPs in a 10-year stretch, and they have not won. None of those MVPs have won a single playoff game. Yeah, that's really bad. And the first of those was Mike Trout in 2014. That's yeah. the only year in a decade-long stretch that they even made the playoffs. Yeah, and lost. Got swept in the first round. Got swept. And I, that's almost like it, it is. It's unprecedented. It's crazy that to think about. That has never happened. There's five other teams that have won five MVP awards over a 10-year stretch, and all of them have had way more playoff success in that 10-year stretch than the Angels have because, well, they haven't had any playoff success. They didn't win a single playoff no. game. They only made the playoffs once. The next closest of those five other teams made the playoffs three times in the 10-year stretch, and they obviously won some baseball games in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously don't need to make this too much about the Angels, but uh, I do think... <laughs> going forward, that we're probably going to see Shohei Otani in, in the a playoffs. And in a different uniform. And in a different uniform coming soon. But congratulations, first ever player in Major League Baseball history to win multiple MVP awards unanimously. Well, let's get to the next unanimous MVP, the National League MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr., making history with the first ever 40-70 season. 40-70 unanimous good for ronald acuna jr i love this i was calling it all year even when there were people out there saying oh acuna is not running away with this one guess what put the voting in the wall he ran away with it pretty well <laughs> 30 first place votes for ronald acuna jr absolutely um again an unprecedented season for for ronald acuna Here's the 31st place votes. I don't know about you, Alex. This wow. looks like a runaway to me. It's definitely a runaway. Runaway. A clear first and second. A clear first and second. <laughs> yeah. Just the eighth Braves player to win the MVP award. First since Freddie Freeman in 2020 to win the MVP award. Um, 337 batting average, 41 homers, 106 RBI, 73 stolen bases. I mean, it's crazy. 40-70. Now, the cool thing about what Ronald Acuna Jr. did aside from everything he did on the field this season in Major League Baseball, is this guy won an MVP award, yep. his first ever MVP. Yep. The announcement was made. He celebrated in a locker room with teammates and immediately took the field for his team in Venezuela 
to, to play in a baseball game. I love this. His season debut in the Venezuelan League. Literally minutes after winning the MVP award, runs out to a standing ovation from the crowd. I mean, I mean, he does pretty good with moments because when he broke the record and stole that 70th, I think it was like the 70th stolen base, yeah. he got married that same day. Oh, yeah. He got married that morning and then stole the 70th base and just had, he just. I think that he was continues. his 40th homer, maybe. 40th homer? Not, wasn't that the one in Los Angeles him, where it was a grand slam? But they gave him a base that he signed. Yeah, I think those are two different situations. I think okay. the morning he got married, because we talked about it, he hit his 40th and, like, it was, it one was a of grand the slam. It was one of the historic moments. Yeah. But he just he just keeps them rolling. He does. He doesn't sit and just, like, marinate in it. It's yeah. like, okay, this is cool. Now let's think about the next one. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing cool things. Yep. Just the third Venezuelan player to ever win a, an MVP award. Jose Altuve, Miguel Cabrera, now Ronald Acuna Jr. So... Uh, again, uh, a great season, both unanimous. The mm -hmm. first time in the history of Major League Baseball that both MVP awards were unanimous decisions. And that was, uh, you know, that will, that will prove to be a theme uh -huh. as we will we're continue gonna, We're going to keep that it. unanimous trend going and move to the arms and move on to the AL Cy Young winner, Garrett Cole, who was also voted in unanimously yeah this one felt uh it doesn't shock me at all that this was unanimous garrett uh was dominant i can't i i honestly can't believe that this is garrett's first uh, it feels like the guy should have multiple over the course of mm -hmm. his career he's been that dominant for for many years now really since he left pittsburgh yep he's been one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball here's the voting breakdown you can see now all 30 first place votes yep. go to garrett cole 20 Second place votes went to Sonny Gray, who came in second place, and Kevin Gosman comes in third. 15 and four record for Garrett Cole, a 263 ERA, 222 strikeouts on the year, and a whip under one on the season. So uh, the list of, of unanimous AL Cy Young winners is not. Um, it's not a long one. No. And he now adds himself to that list. Your Just, brother's on there. Justin Twice. is on there two times. That is correct. Twice. Um, but yes, Garrett becomes the most recent since Justin the year prior, um, and Justin also did it in 2011. He's the sixth Yankees pitcher all time to win a Cy Young Award. The first since Roger Clemens, which shocks me a little bit, to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah, it's been You're a while. You're the New York Yankees. You've been around since forever. The beginning of baseball. The beginning of the world, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. You're the New York Yankees, and you only, you only had five Cy Young winners before this? That really does feel crazy, but congrats to Garrett Cole. Very much so deserved. Uh, super happy for him, and uh, yeah, just another one for the Yankees. It is. All right, let's move to the National League Cy Young. Blake Snell, who is a free agent now. Like, we have some incredible players, award winners this season that are free agents. Blake Snell being one of them who we talked to the moment he really started to turn his season around. Yeah, he turned his season around when Gary Sanchez came in. So I hope he buys Gary Sanchez, like, a nice watch or yep, something. Anything. Which I honestly bet you has already happened or, or will certainly happen. But, yeah, you, there's literally a day you can point to where his season turned around. It is Gary Sanchez coming over. He was talking about his season um, just the other day and was asked, what was your favorite start of the year? And he said that start against the Rays that we were there in person for. Uh, his first start against his old team, talked to a lot of old yeah. friends. 
And now he's here winning his second career Cy Young Award, one in each league, which does not happen very often. Seventh to do um, it. Seventh to ever do it. Randy Johnson is on that list. First lefty since 2014, Clayton Kershaw to win a Cy Young Award. So it doesn't happen, does not happen often. But players mm -mm. to win a Cy Young Award in each league is a very, very, very star-studded list. Yes, it's it now is. Now Blake Snell, Max Scherzer, Roy Halladay, Roger Clemens, friend of the pod Randy Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> Pedro Martinez, and Gaylord Perry. That is, is impressive. Quite the list. Here's the voting breakdown for NL Cy Young Award. 28 of Oof. the 30 votes for first place went to Blake Snell. Logan Webb got a first place vote. Zach Gallen got a first place vote. Logan Webb ended up with 17 second place votes and took, took second place in the voting. So it goes Blake Snell, Logan Webb, Zach Gallen. But Blake Snell dominated this voting here. It was not unanimous. But first player since 1959 to win the Cy Young while leading the league in walks. Now, how did he do that? Well, he struck out 234 guys, and there's this crazy statistic that of all the walks that he had, I forget the number, but there was a very, very small percentage of them that actually ended up scoring. And that's because he was striking out 234 guys. Only 5.8 hits per nine innings, a 2.25 ERA this season. Blake Snell, Hats off to you, my friend. Congratulations. Your first NL Cy Young, your second Cy Young overall, and you are now on a list with a bunch of people that have a plaque in Cooperstown. So congratulations to Blake Snow. That's exciting when you put it that way. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the rookies. And as we said, there's going to be a theme and a trend during this award season. Both Rookie of the Years were voted in unanimously, just like the MVPs. So let's start with the AL Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson. Yep, unanimous for both of these. Gunnar Henderson wins the award as, uh, as I said at the beginning of the you season, predicted. by the way. Uh, numbers that, here's what I thought was really cool about this. Gunnar Henderson deserved to win this award. He had numbers that were very, very similar to Cal Ripken Jr.'s rookie year when Cal Ripken Jr. won rookie of the year. He had 255, 28 homers, and 82 RBIs. But what was cool about this and you're seeing now, if you're watching in the wall, you can see the reaction <laughs> from the family and friends and everybody around him. But what they also had lined up, MLB Network did, is they had Cal Ripken Jr. surprise him. Aww. So they had Cal come on the broadcast and talk about his season and the comparison between the two. And uh, yeah, look, the comparisons are uncanny, right? You have Gunnar yeah. Henderson, um, shortstop, Baltimore Orioles, rookie of the year, and then Cal Ripken Jr., also a tall Rookie of the Year, shortstop, Baltimore Orioles. And to have those two come together and, and share that moment together, I thought was really cool. And the voting breakdown goes Gunnar Henderson with all 30 first-place votes. Tanner Bybee came in second. Tristan Cassis came in third here. Gunnar ran away with this, as he should have. Great season. Seventh Rookie of the Year and Baltimore Orioles history. Friend of the pod. Gunnar Henderson. All right, let's move to the National League Rookie of the Year. Your boy, who you've been raving about almost a, an entire year to this point, MVPCC, Corbin Carroll taking home the hardware. It really has been, I believe, in December of last year. That's what I'm saying. You've I been raving. the Corbin Carroll fan wagon, and it was off and running. MVPCC taking home Rookie of the Year. By the way, 
Everybody out there, I started saying MVPCC very early on in the year, and everybody's like, you mean maybe rookie of the year. Guess who finished in fifth place of the MVP voting in his rookie season? Corbin Carroll. MVP <laughs> coming in the future for this guy. Uh, just absolutely dominated the voting. All 30 first place votes went to him as well. One of the greatest rookie seasons that we have seen in history. Yeah. And he's the first Diamondbacks player to ever win rookie of the year, meaning now everybody, every team has, has won had a rookie. a rookie of the year. The Diamondbacks were the last team that had not. Corbin Carroll took care of that. 285, 25 homers and 54 stolen bases. A 25-54 I mean, that's season. crazy. Uh, it's, it really is. His, his work ethic uh, his work ethic is what led him here to talk to him, have him on a couple times this year, to talk to, to him know in the playoffs, him. the World Series. Um, it, it's no shock to me that he had the first year he did, and it will be no shock to me when Corbin Carroll inevitably wins his first MVP award at some point in his career. I really do believe that's going to happen. So, again, both of these awards are unanimous on the MVP it's side crazy. of things. First time it's ever happened where both of them were unanimous. It is not the first time that it's happened where both AL and NL Rookie of the Year are unanimous. It happened in 2017. Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger. Doesn't it feel weird that the, their rookie years were 2017? 2017? It doesn't feel like that long ago. Uh -uh. Judge and Bellinger were Rookies of the Year. 1997, Nomar and Scott Rowland. 1993, Tim Salmon and Mike Piazza. 1987, Mark McGuire, Benito Santiago. All Really, really, really good names, by uh -huh. the way. So I think we're in store for quite the careers for Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll. Congrats to those two, both friends of the pod. Uh, congratulations on Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's pretty crazy. We had five unanimous award winners. Yeah. The most that we've ever had in a season. Why do you think we're seeing more unanimous winners than we have ever in the last decade? Yeah. So... I was thinking about this, and really, I, I think the trend kind of started, not a trend per se, but we've definitely seen it more from 2000 on than we did ever before that. Yeah. So I think what it comes down to is statistics. We're getting more oh, access. and more and more yeah. stats and advanced stats and war and ERA plus and OPS plus and all of this. So really, I think when you can look at these advanced statistics, if you put them all out right in front of me, I can pick, I can show you who had a better season. Yeah. Whereas before, let's use pitchers, for instance, do the voters value wins? Do the, do the voters value ERA? Do they value strikeouts? Well, now we have all these advanced stats that tell you ERA plus and, and war and wins don't mean near as much. So really being on a team that can get you more wins doesn't quite mean as much. I, I really think it comes down to the access to the advanced stats that we have now. It, it really kind of takes it out of, I don't want to say out of voters' hands, but to a degree, it's like I can look at those numbers and I can tell you who had the better year, that yeah. guy or that guy, because of this, 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 and this. And I think that's now why we're seeing uh, more unanimous. It makes sense. Access to the information to get the final result of why they are as great as they are. Yeah, it's like yeah. those, um, you, you know, I, I, for it's like those tests that you used to be given where you could see like certain parts of an answer and then you try and get the full one. Well, the more parts you have, the easier it is to give the accurate yeah. answer. If you're given two of 10 points, I don't really know. If yeah. I'm given 10 of 10, well, I have the answer right here in front of me. Exactly. And I think that's what we have here now with the voting. It's just we've unlocked these stats that I really do uh, think do a good job of 
putting a value on players. Mm -hmm. And I'm still very much so on the fence about war. I think there's still work to be done with the war statistic. Um, but with all the advanced analytics of OPS plus and ERA plus and XFIP and all of that stuff, I know it gets a little advanced with the analytics, but there is some value to them. And I do think that's why we're able to now pretty much just say, well, that guy had the better year. He's getting first place. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap up the awards with the managers. We'll start with the American League Manager of the Year, Brandon Hyde, who brought the Orioles to an ALEs title. I, I love this. I love that he won. I, I, I wish he would have won last year with okay. what he did, but he ended This was up an even more impressive this. year, though. This was. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like you, you never have a manager, really, ever, that is tasked getting a team through a rebuild and is there to see the other side of it. And Brandon Hyde was able to do that. Uh, in 2018, the Baltimore Orioles were 47 Oof. and 115. Oof. Fast forward just a few years, the Orioles are 101 and 61. First place winners in the AL East. 115 losses. I mean, that's crazy. Just five years ago. And he was able to get through that rebuild uh, the day Adley Rutschman came up last season. I guess technically two seasons ago now, Yeah, is the day it all turned around for the Orioles. And for them to do what they did this year throughout all the regular season, they were the best team in the American League. They took home the one seed. Again, important reminder, this is a regular season award. Yep. That is why Bruce Bochy is not the winner of this award because yep. these are voted on before we get to the playoffs. And it is absolutely deserved. Brandon Hyde, congratulations. More than more than the, just this this season, Alex, this is this is a really cool story for Brandon Hyde. It and is. The turnaround that he's had with an organization that was so bad for so many years, and now they are going to be so good for a long time. This is the exact blueprint that the Houston Astros have. Mm -hmm. Really bad, long time, drafted correctly, analytics became a big part of it, and now they're we've seen what the Astros have done over the course of about a decade. And now the front office that's running this for the Orioles are people from the Astros. So buckle up, Orioles fans. <laughs> A long, long period of success is coming up for this team. Now I'm excited to watch it, and I'm excited for Brandon Hyde to be leading the way. Yeah, I, I think that's the coolest part, is this is just the beginning. They are just scratching the surface. This yep. Orioles team, this young group that they have together is so exciting. So the future is extremely bright for Baltimore fans. Yep. But let's move on to the National League manager winner, because I think this might have shocked a couple people. Skip Schumacher, Miami, the winner. So... Yeah, one, congratulations to Skip. This is absolutely a deserved award. The Marlins were not supposed to be anywhere close to the playoffs, and they ended up getting there. So look at the, the voting breakdown. Wow. Here. He got eight first-place votes. Craig Council came in second with five first-place votes. Brian Snitker came in third with eight first-place votes. Skip Schumacher did an incredible job with the Miami Marlins this year, and I am very... Um, I, I really do think he deserved to win the award. That is great and good for him. He did an awesome job. What I want to talk about also is just the voting in general for managers of the year. It's all over the place. But that's exactly it's right. All what, over are, the place. what are you Look voting at this. for? Look at this. Needs to be figured out. Yeah. Because you have Skip Schumacher, clearly the manager with the least that did the most. Yeah. Okay. That is absolutely some criteria. 
And then there's Brian Snicker, who finished in third with the exact same amount of first place votes as Skip Schumacher, who had by far the best, the team. best team, the best season in baseball. So I, I guess we just, this award just feels like, well, what are you giving it to? Is it always going to be the guy that did the most with the least? Because that's not what happened in, in, the, Amer in the American League. So I, I just, I, I don't really understand the voting in this award. Uh, it's just kind of comical to me. I predicted, uh, this was the one I, I missed in the yeah. preview show. The only one? Yeah. 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 Okay. But the not others kind of felt like. Yeah. Playoffs. Oh, unanimous. Um, so. But yeah, Brian Snicker, I picked. I don't know. I yeah. just, I don't know how we're going to vote. I Ninth manager to win the award in his first year with a team. So congratulations to him. Also a team with a bright future. Yes. But they need yes. more. And what are they going to do with the front office? Yeah, that that that's my hesitation is could they have a bright future? Sure. But what are you getting rid of Kim Ang for? Like yeah. what? I, I just I worry about I don't worry. I, I worry about the people pulling the strings in okay. that organization. Big Fair. time. And I worry that they aren't willing to do enough to, to get this team that could be really good yeah. with a really good manager. Um, I, I worry that they're not going to be willing to do enough, but neither here nor there. Well, yeah. it will be there, but it's not here. So we're not going to talk about Look that Look at this today. little setup. I love this. Skip winning the award was really, really cool. Congratulations to him. Very much so deserved. Uh, just got to, I, I need to figure out I just don't... How would you vote for the award? Would you give it to the manager that did the most with the least, or would you give it to the manager that was gift... Essentially, Brian Snitker yeah. was handed the keys to a Ferrari yeah. and drove it like he was driving a Ferrari. Yeah. And Skip Schumacher was handed the keys to a Honda Civic and drove it like he had a Ferrari. Yeah. So, I mean, I, good for him. I, yeah. I probably would have gone Snitker. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the whole point. I know. The voting is, I, it's, it's a place. wild process for that one. But uh, yeah, those two were not unanimous. The strong majority of them were unanimous. First time in history that both MVP awards were unanimous. So Congratulations cool. to all of the award winners. I was just in my head thinking, do I need to name them? And the answer is no, but now I feel like I need to do it. So do congratulations to Shohei, Ronald Acuna, Gunnar Henderson, <laughs> Corbin Carroll, Brandon Hyde, Skip Schumacher, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell. There you Woo. go. I was Did like, it. is he going to get them all? I can listen to you if you need them. But thank you all for listening to this episode. We will be off for the week of Thanksgiving. Next we week. We will be back the Monday following that. The 27th of November will be our first episode back. So everybody, please have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy celebrating however you do. Uh, what are you doing? I'm going home to Virginia, actually. Oh, no. My family, like, has, like, a giant Thanksgiving. I think, like, 40 people at my mom's house. My mom and sister are chefs, so it's going to be an incredible time. I bring the apps, and I make a cocktail for everybody. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Virginia. Have fun. So I'll be back on the 27th See to ya. do a show. See I'll be there. Thank you all for listening. Congrats again to all the award winners. This has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. You can also watch on Spotify. We're also on all social media, including YouTube and TikTok, where you can watch everything at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Until the 27th, we will see you all then. Peace.